Hello, and welcome to The Dad Train, where we explore ideas and strategies on how to be a better man, a better partner, and a better dad. I'm your host, Scott Davison. I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something new. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Dad Train podcast. This is a solo episode today, so I won't be interviewing a guest. It's just me. And given it's episode 20, what I wanted to do was run through a list of 20 habits that I believe can help make you a better man, a better partner, and a better dad. Now, this is based on an article that I published earlier this year on the Dad Train, and I also posted the list on Facebook and Instagram where it proved really popular. So I thought I'd now share this content on the podcast as well. Now, I'm not suggesting you should immediately try and adopt all 20 habits. It's likely you're already doing some of these anyway, and there may be others that don't particularly float your boat, which is fine. My hope is that there are at least one or two ideas on this list that will inspire you to give them a go and try them for yourself. Now, most of these ideas are research-backed, and I'll provide links to the relevant research in the original article, which you can find at thedadtrain.com 20. We've also covered some of these ideas in more depth on previous episodes of the podcast, so I'll refer you to those as well where relevant. But for today, what I'm going to do is run through the list quite quickly at a really high level, and you can then follow up and read the article if you want more details on any of these ideas. Okay, so let's get into it. The year is 2020. This is episode 20. And here is my list of 20 habits that can help make you a better man, a better partner, and a better dad. Number one is gratitude. Now, this is a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but there's actually plenty of research to show that practicing gratitude can make you happier and more successful. And it's because humans have this natural negativity bias, which means we're programmed to notice negative things more so than positive things. But practicing gratitude can help to shift that and it creates a more optimistic outlook on life. And there, there are different ways you can do this, but the most popular one and the one that's supported by the research is that at the end of each day, you simply write down on a piece of paper or in a journal, three things that went well for you that day. Now, these don't have to be big things. They can be very small things. In fact, it's good if they are. And it's important or the reason you note down three things that went well for you that day, as opposed to just three things that you're grateful for, is if you, if you just write three things you're grateful for, after a few days, it starts to get a bit repetitive. Whereas if you focus on three things that went well for you that day, that'll draw your attention to those things. They'll be different each day. And it's a way to program your brain to start focusing on the things you have rather than things you don't have. So that's gratitude, and that's how you can make a habit of practicing gratitude every day. Number two is reading. Now, reading, we know, is something that's a great way to increase your knowledge. It can help train your brain. It's also a way to relax, but it's also a really good habit to teach kids. But how do you find the time to read? Well, that's easy. You create a habit. Now, as always, the key could be to start small, set yourself an achievable goal. For example, I'm going to read 10 pages or 10 minutes every day, and you can always increase that later. In fact, you can do habit stacking by attaching reading to an existing habit. So, for instance, you could read as part of your morning routine or each night before you go to sleep, 
or you may decide to read on the train while you're eating your lunch or even while you're on the toilet. But by attaching it to something that you're doing every day, you'll find that time to read each day. And even if you start with just 10 minutes a day, you'll find you're getting through one or two books a month, which is probably more than you previously were, where we tend to just binge read when we're on holidays or long haul flights. So making a daily habit of reading is a really good way to um, get through more books and do more reading. Habit number three is sleep. Now, health experts tell us we need between seven and nine hours of sleep a day, and that can be quite challenging, especially with young children on the scene. But having a bedtime routine for yourself, as well as your kids, can really help you get to bed earlier and fall asleep faster. So for instance, you probably have an alarm for waking up in the morning, but why not have an alarm to remind you to go to bed? And then have a short routine that you go through before you get to bed that sort of gets you ready to have a good night's sleep. Now, everyone's different. Different people have different sleep requirements, but I think almost all of us are probably getting less than we need. So a really good habit to try and adopt is to get in the habit of getting to bed earlier and getting more sleep. Number four is to switch off. So we're referring to mobile phones and other devices here. You've probably seen the numbers, but most people spend between four and six hours a day on their phone. And we're picking them up about 50 to 100 times a day. It's no surprise this is happening. The smartphones are highly addictive. They've been cleverly designed to work that way, but they're stealing one of our most valuable resources, which is our attention and our time. And that's time which in many cases could be spent doing more important things. Now, we all have limited amounts of self-control. So rather than relying purely on your own self-control to stop looking at your phone, a really good habit to get into is to either switch your phone off or leave it in another room. That removes the temptation. Now, you can do this whenever you're playing with your kids, when you're sitting at the dinner table, or any other time you want to focus your attention on something important. But the idea is to get in the habit of removing the temptation and putting your phone somewhere else. Habit number five, be kind. Now, research shows that being kind to others helps us feel happier about ourselves. So it's obviously a great habit to improve your life, but in the process, you'll also be making other people happy at the same time. To create this habit, one way to do it is to try doing one random act of kindness every day. It can be something big or something small. Give some coins to a homeless person, help an old lady cross the road, or just smile at a stranger. Whatever it is, do it without expectation and no agenda, but just to be nice. And if you get in the habit of doing that, research says that you'll be happier as a result. Number six, drink water. Again, we've probably heard the health advice on this. The number that's often quoted is two litres of water a day is what you should be drinking. Of course, that varies a lot from person to person and depending on the circumstances, but probably in a lot of cases, we're drinking less water than we need to be. So if that sounds like you, then now's a good time to try and adopt a new H2O habit. So how to make a habit of drinking more water? Again, you can attach this to other parts of your day as part of a routine. So having a glass of water first thing when you wake up in the morning and maybe at night before you go to bed, that's two glasses already. You're almost halfway to your aim. And then making sure you've got a bottle of water 
sitting on your desk at work, maybe another one in your car, and, and that you're always carrying water with you wherever you go so that you can really get in the habit of drinking water regularly and not waiting until you're thirsty. If you're still drinking sugary drinks throughout the day, then try replacing some of those drinks with water is another good way to develop this habit by essentially replacing an existing habit with the new habit of drinking water. Habit number seven is to phone a friend. Now, it's ironic, but we're living in a society which is so connected digitally, more connected than we've ever been, but increasingly disconnected and lonely in real terms. And we've definitely lost the habit of dropping in on friends or just phoning them up to have a chat. Hadley Fisher spoke a lot about this one in episode 16 of the podcast. So if you want to go back and have a listen to that, but he talks about um, creating a weekly connection and actually putting that in your diary so that each week you've got that opportunity to phone someone or connect with someone. But there are other ways you can help um, build this as a habit as well. So again, attaching it to an existing habit, such as phoning a friend while you're on your lunch break, on your drive home or your evening walk, whatever works for you, but making it part of a routine so that you don't forget it. Often we'll say, oh, I've been meaning to call so-and-so for such a long time. So attaching it to an existing habit will make sure that you remember to do it. And then just scroll through your phone, pick someone you haven't spoken to in a while and give them a call just to say hi, ask them how they're going. It, It sounds a bit crazy, I know, and you may freak some friends out along the way, but you'll probably also make someone else's day and you'll start to feel a bit more connected as a result. Number eight, take the stairs. So this is such an easy way to incorporate exercise into your day and you'll be saving electricity at the same time. So before you hit the button on the lift, just ask yourself, could I take the stairs instead? If the answer is yes, then make like a firefighter and head for the stairs. Number nine, laughter. There's lots of research to show the physical and the mental health benefits of laughter, and it's such an easy thing to do, but sometimes we can go days without having a good laugh. So the idea is to create a habit of doing at least one thing every day that makes you laugh. If you can do that, you'll be healthier and happier, and so will the people around you. Number 10, juggling. Okay, so this is a bit of a random one and it may not be for everyone, but juggling has been shown to strengthen the brain and it's a great way to relax. So why not give it a try? If you're already juggling three balls, then maybe it's time to move to four. That's what I'm trying to do at the moment. And there are plenty of YouTube videos that can teach you how to do it. And in terms of making this a habit, a bit like with the water, If you can just have your juggling balls um, readily available, sitting on your desk or somewhere at home where you're going to see them each day, that's a visual prompt to remind you to practice that um, habit each day. And then whenever you have a spare minute, just get juggling. The other advantage of this one is a great trick to have in your dad toolkit um, to impress the kids down the track. Number 11, check your balls. Men, this one is important. We're not talking about juggling here. We're talking about your testicles. Testicular cancer is the second most common cancer for men between age 18 and 40. Certainly in Australia, at least, it's still trailing behind skin cancer. However, with early detection, the survival rate for testicular cancer is actually really high. So it's important to be checking your balls regularly. 
And doctors recommend a self-examination at least once a month so that you can familiarize yourself with your balls and you notice any changes quickly. And if you do notice something, make sure you visit a doctor immediately. So instead of just randomly scratching your balls in public, which is obviously not a good habit, let's try to create a healthy habit of checking them properly at least once a month. There's some advice on how to do a TSE, a testicular self-examination. I've got a link to that in the article. And there's even an app you can get called Ball Checker. It's a Ball Checker app, which will remind you to do it and give you instructions on how to do it. But the important thing in here is get in the habit of checking your balls on a regular basis and go to the doctor if you notice anything. Now, let's move on to habit number 12. What do Einstein, Mark Twain, Leonardo da Vinci and Benjamin Franklin all have in common? The answer is they all kept a journal. In fact, many great thinkers across the years have kept journals and the Stoics were particularly strong advocates of this daily habit of writing down your thoughts and your observations. So that's journaling. And there are different ways to keep a journal. Um, And your notes can be as detailed or as brief as you like. Even a few sentences each day can be really beneficial to your mental health. And it's, it's a way to get things out of your head and onto paper, which can help you relax and it can help you see things more clearly. And of course, just in case you become a famous inventor or a famous politician one day, your memoirs could be worth a fortune. So that's the habit of journaling. And that's number 12 on the list. Number 13 is mindfulness. This is another one of those buzzwords, and we've talked about mindfulness quite a bit in the past on the podcast, but essentially mindfulness is the ability to focus your attention in the present moment and to be aware of your feelings, your thoughts, physical sensations, and all of your senses. One of the most common ways to develop mindfulness is to meditate, and if you want to try meditation as a habit, There's a lot of um, apps that can help you do that, guided meditation apps. The one I'm using at the moment is Waking Up uh, by Sam Harris, but there's lots of other apps, free and paid apps, that will provide daily meditation practices for you. But even if you don't want to meditate, there's, there's lots of ways to incorporate mindfulness into your day by just bringing yourself into the present moment and being more aware of what's going on. One of the best uh, tools we have as parents is actually our kids. If you watch the way kids, particularly young kids, play, they're very mindful. They're completely in the moment. So if you can try to join them and be in the moment while you're playing with them, that's a really good way of practicing mindfulness every day. Number 14 is family meals. Most of the experts will tell you that this is one of the best ways to uh, connect as a family and build strong bonds, but life can be really busy and often we can find that family meals aren't happening. So if they're not happening at the moment, then it's time to try and create a habit or a bit of a ritual around a family meal. So try to pick at least one family meal a week, ideally more, and create that as a habit where you all sit down as a family, you enjoy each other's company, and remove all the distractions, so TVs, devices, and just focus on having some quality food and some quality conversations. Number 15 is couple time. This is another one of those ones that can often get lost or neglected in our busy lives. So if you're not spending enough quality time with your significant other, 
then it's time to create some new relationship habits. Date nights, uh, obviously a really good concept and not just for the Instagram photo, but try to have a couple of those locked into your diaries on a regular basis. But you can also create other daily or weekly habits that are much simpler that can help you spend a bit of time with your partner. So it could just be a cup of tea every night after the kids have gone to bed. It could be breakfast in bed on the weekend or a game of chess, whatever it is that's your thing. Whatever helps you connect and enjoy each other's company, try to make a habit of those. We spoke a bit more about date nights and some strategies around that in episode three of the Dad Train podcast with Zach Brittle. So if you want to um, get some more ideas, you can go back and have a listen to that. But creating a habit of spending quality time with your partner is habit number 15. Habit number 16 is daddy dates. So this is about spending one-to-one time with each of your kids on an individual basis. And it's a really important way to build bonds and connect on a deeper level with each of your kids and to, and to help make them feel special. So try to create some daily, weekly rituals with each of your kids, whatever age they are. It could be bathing your baby each night, going to the park with your toddler or taking your teenage daughter out for dinner. But whatever it is, make it a habit and stick to it. That's daddy dates. Number 17 is me time. So we've talked a lot about creating new habits to spend quality time as a couple, as a family, and one-to-one with each of your kids. These could probably be considered we time, and they're a very important part of being a good um, dad and a good husband. But it's also important you're creating some me time to do something that relaxes you, motivates you, and improves you as a man. It's what's called sharpening the saw. It's one of the seven habits of highly effective people that Stephen Covey talks about. And it's a really important thing to try and make sure you're doing. So if it's not happening at the moment, make a habit, put it in your diary, and try to spend a little bit of time working on yourself, doing something that recharges your batteries or takes care of your mental and physical health. And ideally, try to find a little bit of time each day to dedicate to yourself and maybe put something bigger in the diary weekly or monthly to do something um, for yourself. That's me time. Number 18 is visualize. It's been shown that people who visualize their goals are more likely to achieve them. And it's similar in some ways to writing things down in that it helps reinforce it and it also embeds the idea in your subconscious mind. So if you've got goals you're trying to achieve, make a habit of visualizing them. Now, you can do this while meditating. You can do it while lying in bed at night or even just while you're sitting on the train. But the key is to do it in a really focused way. So you pick a specific goal. You try to visualize exactly what it's going to look like, what it's going to smell like, feel like, really give it some emotion and visualize it as if you've already achieved it and be as detailed as possible. If you do that on a regular basis, uh, it's a really good way of reinforcing those goals in your subconscious mind. And it means you're more likely to develop the mindset needed to achieve those goals. That's visualization. Number 19, stretch. This is an important one for us guys. Men are often focusing on strength or cardio work, but we neglect flexibility. So if this sounds like you, then it could be time to create a habit of stretching. 
You could do it uh, perhaps trying to do some yoga, either in a yoga class or via YouTube, or just simply set yourself a goal to stretch for five to 10 minutes each day. Maybe you can incorporate stretching into your morning routine, or you can tack it on the end of some other activity that you're doing on a daily basis. But the more chances you get to stretch throughout the week, the better. Okay, lucky last, number 20, declutter. You've probably heard the expression, tidy house, tidy mind. Well, it turns out there's a lot of truth to that age-old saying, and there's a growing body of research that shows that a cluttered house is a very common cause of stress and anxiety. So if you're feeling a little overwhelmed at how much stuff you have, or you just want to reduce the amount of time you're spending tidying up and maintaining all your stuff, then now could be a good time to declutter and to create a habit around it. So first you'll have to start by getting rid of all the things you no longer use, which you can donate them to charity, sell them on eBay. That takes a bit of work at first, but you might find that cathartic. Then before you bring something new home, get in the habit of asking yourself, do I really need this? Or as Murray Kondo would say, does this item spark joy? You may also want to implement the one-in-one-out policy. So every time you acquire something, you have to get rid of something else. And then finally, create a habit of putting things away in their place. By doing this, you'll create a, a less cluttered environment. And as a result, your mind should also feel less cluttered and more relaxed. Okay, so there you have it. That's my list of 20 habits to help make you a better man, a better partner, and a better dad. I hope there were one or two ideas on that list that have inspired you in some way, either as a reminder of something you're already doing or perhaps as a thought starter for something you want to start doing. If you want to read more about any of these ideas, then as I mentioned, there's a full article to accompany this episode, which you can find at thedadtrain.com slash 20. That's all for this week. I'll be back next week with a new episode. I'm returning to the interview format next week, and I've got a very interesting guest, uh, different from most of the previous guests. This is a young guy named Jess who grew up in a foster home and he shares that story about that experience of growing up in a foster home and in particular, some of the valuable lessons that he learned from his foster dad. It's a really inspirational story, so make sure you come back to hear that one next week. And in the meantime, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. It really does help to support the show. So thank you to everyone who can find the time to do that. It really helps a lot. Thank you. Okay, that's all for now. Until next week, as always, good luck on your journey to be a better man, a better partner, and a better dad. I'm Scott Davison, and you've been listening to The Dad Trainer.